Graham Roundtree has been announced as uh, the new coach of Munster Rugby. That was such a big momentum changer for me. The Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neil Briggs. Subscribe to the Rugby Channel on the OTB Sports app and turn on your notifications now. The Football Show on Off The Ball. With Sky. Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, EFL, Scottish Premiership and much more. Live on Sky Sports. I'm prepared to end this if I can. Well, do it then. Do it then. What about your start to the game? I was, it wasn't bad, was it? <laughs> Why should it be an honest answer be a mistake? How can a modern day manager not have a mobile phone? Why should he? Oh. Now then, welcome along to the football show. Later on, by the way, we're going to check in with Podrick Amund. You'll know Podrick as the scorer of many, many, many famous FA Cup goals, including Manchester City, Spurs, Leicester, Middlesbrough. He has finally uh, won relegation from League Two last night for Exeter. He's on loan. I said relegation, promotion, promotion. Better than relegation. I don't know if you'll win relegation. Gavin Cooney of the 42, hello. Well, well, how's life? Sorry, it's been a long day. It's okay. Yeah. So he has won promotion to League One after uh, several attempts. So he's going to join us uh, later on. Gav's popped in to talk all things Champions League. We might as well start with events at Anfield. Every time I looked up during that first half, a Liverpool generally in possession somewhere in Villarreal's half. Villarreal in a pretty reasonable shape and well organised and probably very happy to be nil all on 48 minutes yeah it's not a Villarreal haven't exactly come to play um, yeah. you can't blame them like I mean if you read their team That's sheet it's on. like blame Frank Lampard and but Villarreal do it I mean it's a, it's a perfectly sensible I, I decision I thought Lampard I have to say I thought Lampard got a lot of unfair stick for what I agree for, I thought it was the smart he, thing to do what is he meant to do like I mean play Sam in football and I know I people are talking about oh he was beaten before he took the pitch but of course he was <laughs> yeah. have you seen how A good Liverpool are and how B how terrible Everton are yeah. uh, and they have a bad record at Anfield uh, and the momentum isn't exactly with them and Liverpool had something quite significant to play for and look it could you know ifs and buts etc it could have been different had they got the penalty it was going remarkably well it, and like you know? they were properly under Liverpool's skin in the first half you very rarely see this Jurgen Klopp team as becoming a team of auto- automatons like um, Man City you very rarely see them flustered and you rarely see them you, you rarely see the crowd that anxious that early in the game and they were they were getting in scraps with um, what was it Decore when he took down Fabinho and Richarlison was down injured and was gouging yeah and if there was yeah the Mane thing I mean <laughs> like you know like these things could have gone the other way but anyway that's ancient history I really thought Lampard I don't think Lampard is a good manager and you can criticise many of the other things that he's done but you can't really criticise what he did there no. because I wouldn't point to that as the reason it. Everton made it um, no. the last time they really tried to open up they were beaten 5-0 away to Spurs mm. Liverpool might score 20 uh, yeah I think so and it wouldn't be good for, <laughs> it wouldn't be good for Frank Lambert Frank Lambert also needs to get to the end of the season um, and be able to turn around and take his, uh, the least amount of responsibility for what's happened so setting up like that in Anfield certainly helps that you know mm. it's just like there's is that that's in the net is there a oh the, oh, the offside flag is up there offside Fabinho, Fabinho was from the corner and it bounced around a little bit and fell um, to Fabinho and he scored and then offside flag went up straight away there wasn't even a need for yeah, absolutely you know and like so I wouldn't anyway that was at the weekend at Lampard but certainly you know Emery has, has set up here and oh, it, was Van, it was Van Dijk who was offside as he, as he knocked that ball down Fabinho from the second phase of the corner uh, so it remains nil-nil there and you know Emery's master plan uh, continues to work um, and would you say so certainly there was an edginess and there was a real needle to the Everton game 
uh, calmer Liverpool Le- Villarreal less under the skin this evening I think so I was, the goalkeeper Gerano Marulli has certainly taken his time over goal kicks and courting boos but there's less anxiety around the place because it's only you know the early stages of the first leg there's another leg to come that's mm. why that's an accident that's one scenario in which Liverpool being away in the second leg might actually help them here just because um, the Villarreal's time wasting probably isn't uh, won't get under the skin of that crowd as much Liverpool are playing pretty well I mean they haven't created too many obvious chances that 30 yard thunderbolt by, Fabi- by Thiago to hit the post was their, was their best chance Mane wasted a good header in the first half after a lovely 1-2 uh, with Salah mm. otherwise it's been it's been uh, they're playing alright Villarreal haven't offered anything on the counter attack but look how can you blame them they're going there without Jared Moreno who's their best striker and who's, who's very good on, on uh, counter-attacks and transitions and if you read the team sheet it's just like Premier League flotsam you know I mean it's, no, I saw Lo Celso uh, there and I thought Lo Celso Francis, Francis Coquelin Juan, uh, Juan Foyth um, Alberto Moreno I think he's on the bench as well um, there's, there's one or two others so uh, you know Unai Emery having knocked out who's at Juventus Bayern Munich frustrating Liverpool so far is like a like a, a, a one man um one man, two fingered salute to the Super League. Can we go to that? And tell me this: Do you also think Thiago's a dreadful footballer? Who's who's saying that Thiago's a dreadful <laughs> so footballer? Many I think he's I think he's absolutely brilliant. I know. I mean, he's an utter joy to watch. If I was to construct an eleven of players that I just enjoy watching, just aesthetically, yeah, he would be in it. Yeah. Sometimes he does slow the game down a bit too much. I think he did actually in the first half of that game. Um, against Everton at the weekend uh, but he's you know his penetrative passing is outrageous and it can be outrageous and has added a different string to that Liverpool uh, team that they didn't have obviously before they, they were in so he's, no, I think he's I think he's wonderful really blossomed in the last two months yeah and he just looks he looks a lot fitter and sharper he kept yeah. he, this is a very basic point but he keeps winning his tackles now when he first got on the team he looked a half a yard off the pace and he just gave away so many fouls and he was a little bit too slow in possession yeah. and that makes Liverpool you know, Liverpool push up obviously with their high line and if they uh, if they have a central node through which everything goes through then it's easier to turn them over and counter attack against them but uh, mm. he's definitely picked up the pace and, uh, and flourished as a result to be fair, the criticisms have stopped of late, but certainly for a big part of this season, it was uh, who was a very, who was very leading, in vogue who thing. Was, who was leading the charge? Oh, like Kenny Cunningham, whose views on football are top top. But he's he's very Liverpool midfield sceptic, Kenny. He is, I, I yeah. mean, Fabinho's been <laughs> in. Really have any of them? <laughs> I think, oh, and he, he does. Uh, sorry, I love Kenny. I'm not talking Kenny down here. I listen to Kenny talk about football all night and all morning. Uh, but also, thinks Henderson is on the wane. So that's kind of their three here. Yeah, that's the th- that's literally the three they're playing. I would agree with him that Henderson is slightly on the wane as he just <laughs> as he just delivers the cross. <laughs> Henderson, which Liverpool take the lead. Henderson's just shoved Gav's words down his throat. <laughs> Liverpool are one nil up. Oh my word! That was the most glorious time goal I think I've ever seen uh, um, I would agree that Henderson is on the oh. uh, to be fair to be fair it doesn't render your I point think, I think it may have been deflected in I think it, it was definitely across to the back post it was cross and deflection and I think then keeper gets hand to it um, yeah but Jordan Henderson best midfielder in the game at the moment yeah so. you've always said so uh, Liverpool had been creating quite a few chances here I know you weren't watching it closely you were kind of looking this way but they'd created one or two openings and we're seeing here Henderson it's down the right hand side takes a deflection oh, it's keeper yeah. reaches for it and it's the breakthrough Liverpool need I mean it's a, a bit of luck, complete say. fluke 
and the, and the goalkeeper probably should have got to it as well he got a half a hand to it but could only help it into the back post where well Luis Diaz was going to tap that in if it didn't make it all the way in but that's uh, that's Villarreal's resistance broken and uh, you can't say that they've offered a whole lot going forward so that might be uh, mm. uh, and hey Frank Lampard got further into the game with 0-0 is all, is all I'll say it's true it's true so Liverpool make the breakthrough and you would suspect unlike Man City they're not going to throw it all away which is what we should talk about what an extraordinary <gasps> extraordinary game the Champions League knockout stages yeah. are just routinely the best sport it is the best sport I it's just it gone to a level in the last maybe 10 years since Guardiola yeah. hit his, um, took that first great Barcelona team from 2008 or 9 onwards and since then you've obviously had amazing pep teams mm. and then you've had other teams like often Klopp's teams who've been kind of a um, reaction against that yeah. and then you've, you have this kind of super intense high pressing game yeah. uh, where you know teams that aren't used to defending in their domestic leagues are certainly suddenly asked to do it in the Champions League and can't do it <laughs> so you get these amazing high scoring games yeah. it's amazing and last night was oh my god I'm trying to think of a better first leg of a Champions League semi-final and I can't think of it a lot of recency bias going on but I can't really think of it and mm. uh, now at the end I was you know full Pochettino like thank you football thank you Florentino Perez thank you <laughs> the United Arab Emirates Liverpool have scored a second that was inevitable wasn't it this is what yeah. Liverpool do now as you said Villarreal's resistance broken this time it's Mane 55 minutes he toe pokes this one in it's it's lovely and trick at Liverpool football and Mane finds himself in the penalty area keeper comes out he toe pokes it by him and suddenly it's 2-0 56 minutes on the clock and you would anticipate Liverpool now will score third and put this one to bed you would imagine you would imagine so they've just become very good in the last year or two about breaking down deep lying defences um, just by, I think it's probably I mean you'll see the likes of Trent Alexander-Arnold coming in midfield which is what he's done here and linked up with Salah yeah. and that's lovely football and that is just about on site I think that'll go to VAR and it'll be a, one of the razor thin decisions but it looks like it might be might be just alright so I'll follow your lead on this game because I, I I was in here and so I don't get to watch them as you can see as closely yeah. as you would like and it was such an extraordinary game I said I'm going to give up my morning tomorrow and watch that back yeah. and I was glad I did and it was amazingly entertaining interesting tactically and then just even on a visceral seven goals scored two in and throwing kind of level so where do you want to start do you want to start with Real Madrid world's strangest team they just make zero sense yeah like what on earth so for the first half an hour they were blitzed. Mm. I mean, it was 2-0. It honestly could have been 4-0. I went, I was watching the game on RT, so there was no delayed stream, so I was comfortable going on Twitter during the game and I had, I drafted out something like Real Madrid, like they're not used to facing this level of athleticism in La Liga. They're just, it's like City are playing a different sport. Mm. And then Benzema scored for 2-1 and I was like, right, delete that and I'll send something bland like Benzema's great. Yeah. <laughs> and they were just absolutely blitzed and then for some reason they managed to hang on in there and you know they they fell two goals behind, but they kept coming back to to uh, to narrow that margin to one goal. And I'm trying to think, like they make zero sense. Like they they're run by a guy who wants to blow up the Champions League because football is boring. And here we are, this team that are fated to win it, <laughs> while being one of the most entertaining teams we've ever seen uh, on their way to winning it. Um, and I'm trying to think, like what is it about them? It's obviously their individual quality. Like Benzema is just, yeah. you know, he, this, is, this is some kind of insane transcendental period for him. Modric has been fantastic throughout this run. He was a little bit quieter tonight. And Vinicius has his moments as well. Mm. 
But I think maybe it's just sheer entitlement on their part that they're just like this is their competition. And Ancelotti was talking after the game that the team just doesn't panic. They they know they're never out of the game. I think part of that is rooted in just uh, elitism and entitlement that we are Real Madrid, we are the kings of Europe. Okay, we want to blow up this competition, but we are still its aristocrats. And it makes for an interesting contrast with City because mm. I. The Champions League is a kind of an odd thing for Man City because you, you still get the sense that the fans aren't as on board with it as the fans of other English teams, particularly Liverpool and Manchester United who have mm. built these great histories out of famous European nights. City, you know, their fans are still lustily booing the Champions League anthem and mm. things like that. And then you've got Guardiola <laughs> for, for who's like, this is the be-all and end-all. And he's like a frantic mess on the sideline. And you do wonder... Like that's it. I find that a really interesting contrast. Um, and then you wonder if Guardiola's histrionics actually help his team. Like, <laughs> I mean, they were 2 0 up and cruising. Mares misses that chance. He doesn't square it to De Bruyne. He instead fires it into the side netting for 3 0. Mm. Guardiola looks like he's had an exorcism. And you're wondering, well, calm down. Like, I mean, that's just one chance on a begging. You're so totally in control here. And then, I don't know, did you see the footage? I saw it online this morning. It's an amazing uh, long lens footage of Guardiola for this second Madrid goal, the Vinicius goal, just at the moment that Fernandinho's beaten on the halfway line. Mm. From the moment the ball goes through his, through his legs, Guardiola throws himself to the floor. Like... Um, or was it Carlson Heston at the end of Planet of the Apes? Like he starts beating the ground. And they're like, it, the ball's still on the halfway line. Like Vinicius, Vinicius has a lot to do here. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's just kind of a fatalism about Guardiola and about City in that competition. And okay, like they won the game, but it feels like they lost it. And there is a sense hanging over them, I think, and over Guardiola. And it explains some of his more extreme uh, tactical wobbles on mm. big nights. I think there is a sense with City that they have to be close to perfect to win this thing. And I think Madrid feel, well, however we play and whatever way we do it, there's a pretty good chance we're going to win this thing. Yeah. And they're almost the contrasting mindsets. That second goal was bizarre. I still don't understand what was going on with Laporte. And Diaz. Diaz had followed Modric up until... God, he was like he was almost on the edge of his own box. It was a huge gap. Yeah. Um, and then Laporte doesn't come across and then you yeah, still think that, Ederson well, yeah. should I, save it. The Laporte not coming across thing, I, I just... Uh, I just can't fathom. I really can't. Like from the moment, it reminds you. Know what it reminded me of was actually Liverpool, like their you know their their opposite team. Whereas I remember Richard Dunn picked this out on Premier Sports over the winter, and then you could see it. Remember in a goal, Liverpool conceded at Crystal Palace, mm. where Van Dijk doesn't come across either. He runs back. Yeah, I I I must. Um, the next time I'm talking to Kenny Cunningham because he'll know. He'll yeah. been, you know, Kenny will study this stuff and, and talk to people in the game. Is this just new thinking in the game now that you hold the centre? If it is, I think it's just. It's it nonsense. seems. Do you think so? I think it it's seems to me it like make any sense. Ask like you have a goalkeeper for a reason. Let him do the work. You'd imagine that the lower, if you're going to boil this down to boring mathematics, the lower percentage chance is that okay. Let I'll run straight back here and I'll let Vinicius come inside and try and take a shot from a narrow angle. Mm. And I'll I'll ask like in Roy Keane speak. I'm looking at my goalkeeper. Yeah. Ask the goalkeeper to save it. Rather, if I come across and then he takes me out of the, it takes me out. There's an easy square ball across to you know Benzema or whoever has been uh, running in to follow it. Maybe that's the thought process behind it. Yeah. Now Laporte also had to cover for Diaz, who'd gone walkabout, sure. following Modric. Um, and I was still surprised 
Well, was I, was I surprised if Vinicius, when you see Guardiola beating the ground on the balls in the halfway line, actually you're not at all surprised that this is uh, that this has gone in from Vinicius. But yeah. I thought that I thought he took an extra touch. I thought he'd taken a touch too many before shooting. But Everson was just was a little bit slow. So spooked that he was still running with the ball five seconds after the dummy. Mm. I, I'm, 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 I was on the halfway line a second ago doing a trick that rarely works. Yeah, that old let it go through my legs <laughs> rarely works. Like we've all played with astroturf merchants who continually do that one. You're like. <laughs> doesn't work it just doesn't work stop doing it because it's an easy trick so it, it you know suddenly he's, he's gone from halfway line with his rubbish trick to now being in and go I don't know though because if you want when so Zinchenko's coming across as well I presume it's Benzema in the centre mm. but like it gets to a stage where Zinchenko has to check his own run because he's now on top of Laporte mm. like it's almost like he needs to shove Laporte out there and I'd love to know maybe you can't hear each other in that noise but would Zinchenko have not been screaming go go I've got, I've got I've got him go you'd imagine as well that they would have practice that like they, that thing that kind of scenario would be coached I mean especially in a game where Man City went into this game knowing that they were really depleted at right back yeah okay they thought John Stones might see the game out there rather than the quite senescent Fernandinho but you'd imagine like okay actually there's a chance they'll get in behind us here yeah. in, in that position but you'd imagine maybe that's where you, you shuttle across but look I'm only guessing that that's the reason behind it but, but it it's so counterintuitive when you watch oh, it I don't it, understand it, it makes no sense it makes no sense and not least when Zinchenko's there and you have numbers. It was a simple numbers game. It was actually a 2v2. Yeah. Now I know there was, um, who would it have been? Ruben Rodrigo. Probably out, like fair, far right hand side. But at that stage, I think your your logic is, Laporte, you go, try and slow Vinicius down. I'm going to go with Benzema. And in the meantime, with you slowing him down and me on Benzema, we're hoping someone else tracks back on Rodrigo. Or look, if they execute pass, 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 and it's all very good play, then fine. But just to say to Vinicius, go on then, see if you can score one. Oh, you can. You can, yeah. Yeah, you're actually... Play for Real Madrid. Yeah. <laughs> Your odds on to score that one and one, it turns out. I don't know. Um, I like, I, 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 what struck me is that on BT Sport with Jolien Lescott and Rio Ferdinand, who you would think know a thing or two about that moment, they had this as like a glaring what's going on here. Mm. And again, Richie Salier, then Nortia, was watching it this morning and he pointed it out. And again, he was saying very odd, although he just threw in that caveat that Van Dyke, he mentioned the Van Dyke tendency as well okay and then you're like well we're talking about Liverpool and Man City here yeah. these are the two thought leaders in the game and that's and like that's what I'm guessing that maybe that's they're allowing a lower percentage chance and they asked there because Jamie Carragher did a great piece on Monday Night Football on Monday night um, looking at Alisson and saying right. they Liverpool this high line which people think is Liverpool's great weakness Works because they cut like their number of offsides. I think they've caught uh, teams offside fifty odd times more often than the next highest side, which is Man City. And when they don't, they know that they have the one of the the best goalkeeper in the world on one on ones mm. in Allison. Mm. And like <laughs> you're looking at that, actually thinking, God, Queeving, maybe get a move, mate. <laughs> it's like you're gonna no one's like, she's Queeving's really closing, <laughs> closing the gap. Um, Andy Robertson's just had a goal disallowed, by the way. It was just offside, so it's still Liverpool two, Villarreal nil. Sixty-five minutes on the clock. But you said something interesting earlier about uh, you know Guardiola, like it's, it's wanting things to be perfect. 
and I, it came up in my timeline the other day it was an old Kevin De Bruyne um, Players Tribune article where he talks about Guardiola and says like I mean I thought I was intense and a perfectionist this guy's stressed he's stressed all the time mm. um, I do wonder like here's Guardiola constantly trying to impose order on chaos mm. and Real Madrid are complete chaos great Jordan Peterson of you there and oh no was it <laughs> <laughs> I'll uh, I'll hand in my badge on the way out. Um, I get I, I I look at that point has been made about Guardiola. I suppose the only thing which would lead you to believe that well it's having no effect on the players is one they still look very very composed at all times and two he's equally flipping out when they're four 0 up against Norwich. Mm. They're not suddenly going. Are usually like Ancelotti like demeanor over here has turned slightly yeah. crazed. Yeah. It's like oh, there's Pep losing his mind. Now I'll get back to playing in triangles. So I don't know. I feel like, you know, if and when they win this thing, he'll be there in the final. It'll be 3-0. He'll be losing his mind and we'll all be saying, see, this is the attention to detail. Guardiola, even 3-0 up in the final. <laughs> but there was an interest. it was a good piece on The Athletic. I'm really sorry. I can't remember who wrote yeah. it. It was, um, you know, trying to figure out like what happened in that game. And they were contrasting like, Last night's game, yeah, oh, the yeah. chaos of yeah. uh, of Madrid's approach against City's. Um, now I thought they were being a bit generous to Madrid in the sense, like they looked at what Madrid did, just like sometimes they pressed, sometimes they didn't, sometimes they held off a low block, sometimes they shot out and left space. Yeah, they just and the theory being there was there there was no plan for a reason, just to create chaos. Which I'm thinking maybe you're being too generous there. But then yeah. there was it was interesting because Guardiola talked about this. I don't think he's as uh, principled on it anymore. But at Barcelona, his whole like philosophy of playing it was like when you win the ball back you don't attack straight away you pa- you thread together 15 passes to get everyone in the right structure so you're not going to concede a goal on the counter attack um, and the free kick from which um, a Laporte handball for the third goal mm. was given away because f- the ball broke for Phil Foden and rather than bomb on and counter attack like you'd see Liverpool do yeah. Foden turns around and like waits for people to catch up and like get some kind of pattern of possession we just slightly miscontrolled it Carvajal and someone else comes in for a challenge and he gives away a foul and then it goes in so I just thought that was an interesting little vignette into actually maybe there's something there that, that City are still trying to put too much order on things but mm. Mm. they still did, sco- did did win the game it doesn't feel like it but they did win it yeah. they scored four goals against Real Madrid in the semi-final it's still pretty good going they were phenomenal like they really it was a, an incredible performance and oh Liverpool yeah, almost score the handball is a freak goal mm. by the way we haven't talked about that penalty we'll come to that in a minute the handball is a freak goal wow uh, what's he his arms up there what's he doing like, <laughs> okay, like, he, know, like he knows no I know but it's, it's not the result of like pressure yeah. it's just like one of those moments it happens oh my it's god just that insubstantial Real Madrid thing it is it, it was just a, always yeah. breaks on them and then the first goal is just Benzema magic and yeah. it's again not sustained pressure and as Guardiola rightly said afterwards to Des Kelly and various others like Playing against a really good team here, like they are—they're not chumps. They, you know, they can hurt you. And then the second goal, well, we've analysed it. That was bad. Yeah. So really, it could so easily have been five-one. Yeah. But. <laughs> but it wasn't. But yeah, but also, but like I know, obviously, Real Madrid are an objectively good team, etc. Yeah. But they just look so bad for so long in these games. Like the like the first half hour, it was like a different sport. Yeah. It was two 0 It could have been four or five. I mean, the goal they gave, the goals they gave away, they waved through Mares for the first goal, like an air traffic controller. Yeah. The second goal, like Alaba, what was he doing? Like just you know, what's stand, the second one again? Stand off. So he, Alaba, there's a low cross comes in. Alaba presses up to get it and just lets the ball kind of go between his oh, legs sorry. and then yeah, Gabriel yeah, Jesus yeah. scores. Yeah. 
terrible defender, yeah. you know. Um, and then, you For know, if, even the fourth goal is a great finish by Bernardo Silva, but, you know, Madrid are, have dropped off into a low block, but then there's all kinds of random people shooting up and trying to win the ball and, and no one following them behind them. It, it's, it's, it's And like I guess they all thought it was a free. Like, um, yeah. Carnavinga absolutely stops. Yeah. And was, I mean, it was so extraordinary on Silva's part in that he turns, he's still got his side to the goal. He's not even facing the goal. It's like touch, touch, shoots. Courtois hasn't even set. Yeah. It's only on the third finish. replay where you're like, should Courtois have saved that? Because you've forgotten how unexpected it was. Like it was. It, that's I, thought, what, I thought it was. Mate. I thought it was a brilliant goal. Oh. And, uh, like Ronnie Whelan on <laughs> Ronnie Whelan on RTE commentary, the ball flies into the top corner, and he's like, "That comes from Real Madrid switching off." And I was like. Yeah, but like you're burying the lead there. Yeah. I mean, he needed four replays to say a great finish by Bernardo Silva in France. It, it was outrageous. Brilliant. Yeah, and the front engineer of a cross for Foden was very impressive as well, you know? Yeah. So. No. And then, because you, you assume that, you know, Fernandinho coming on, okay, this this guy's legs are gone. Like, I mean, you saw him at Wembley against Liverpool. He was a half a step off everything, giving away so many fouls. Yeah. And thinking, well, this is a major opportunity for, uh, for El Madrid. And then he bombs down the right wing like Cafu and outrageous cross. And then it, his renaissance lasted two minutes and then he was uh, he was nutmegged on the halfway line. Uh, we are going to go to another break. I do want to chat to you about the penalty as well, because it was it's just, I think it's the extraordinary memory of the night, probably. But we're going to take a short break because Podrick Amund is waiting patiently. Liverpool are still tuning up against Villarreal. The football show is brought to you by Sky. Watch every UEFA Champions League and Europe League match live on BT Sport this season. Back with Gav Cooney in just one sec. Now you're welcome, Max. Still tuning in Liverpool against Villarreal. Gav Cooney is still here in studio. Very happy to say we're joined on the line by Podrick Amon. Podrick, great to have you on the show. How you doing? Uh, thanks, lads. Good evening. I'm doing really well, yeah. Congratulations. Exeter City promoted to League One last night, a 2-1 win over Barrow. I saw the scenes at full time, full-on pitch invasion. This is a promotion you have been gunning for for some time now. There have been playoff losses and playoff final losses and various attempts, and now finally part of a promotion-winning team. Yeah, um, it, obviously this well-documented the last two lost two playoff finals. Um, but on the others, I was speaking to one of the extra lads last night before the game, and I think between the three, between the two of us or three of us, myself, Matt Jay, and Pierre Sweeney, we'd lost the last five. Uh, playoff finals so we were really keen on making sure the playoffs weren't an option this year um, and going up automatic and obviously it was really really pleasing to to be promoted last night um, you know, especially with all the hard work the club um, has had in their three playoff finals and I suppose the ones I've had as well in the other two so yeah just a, a really 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 good moment um, and brilliant at the end of the game when the final whistle went yeah, amazing scenes and Sky Sports News cut live to it and you could see everybody rushing on and uh, I can imagine, you know, the the fun night that was had. So, I mean, we would associate you more with Newport. You're on loan at the moment with Exeter this season. Yeah, yeah, on loan, on loan till the end of the season. Well, on loan till the end of the season, yeah. yeah. Season on loan and, and uh, yeah, obviously more associated with Newport but probably not from now on. I think it's more associated with, with, with Exeter maybe with, with promotion and um, yeah, it was just obviously it was a strange start of the season to head out on loan um, and probably go to a loan divisional rivals as well. Um, mm. It's quite quite unusual for that to happen, but even though at the beginning of the season I was really disappointed with what happened, but 
I'm obviously delighted now that that's the way it's worked out, and maybe things are supposed to happen for a reason, and 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 maybe this was the reason for it. And why did you go out and loan? Uh, just a, a a change of opinion on from the manager at the time um, on things, and that and that was it. It was was nothing much more to it. It was, you know, it's just one of those things that ideally I would have rather it was done a lot earlier than maybe a few days before the season started. Um, when the majority of clubs have, at, at our levels have already, you know, spent a budget or or whatever, and you know, I was just, I suppose that's football, um, and yeah, just moved on, and then thankfully, Matty Taylor, the manager at Exeter, wanted me, and and it's been a really, really enjoyable season, one one I've loved. Um, I'm still travelling in every day from Newport, um, so it's you know, I've enjoyed that journey down every day. It's it's about. It's a hundred and eighty mile round trip, um, so it's 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 been it's been brilliant. The only problem with it, I suppose, the last little while is the price of diesel and petrol has gone up <laughs> in the, since January, and that's been a bit of a, a pain. But the rest of it has been brilliant. The lads have been unbelievable down there. Learned a lot from the the players and the staff as well, um, and the manager especially. Um, you know, with ambitions for maybe to go into coach and stuff like that. Learned a lot of him and how he sets up his team and, and you know, the way the way the club has run is brilliantly sort of thoroughly deserved the promotion that they're after getting. You've played 25 league games and scored three goals. Are you happy with that return and that number of appearances or has it been a frustrating season? I mean, you've said there you, you've enjoyed it, so presumably you're okay with the 25. Uh, look, I, I, every player wants to play every game, but, you know, I have a different role down there, um, completely different role than probably what I was used to before. Um you know, I, I was brought in from my experience. It was a very young squad, really, really young squad. And as um majority of the players are probably, well, there's, there's only, I think, two of us in their 30s. Um, and everyone else is kind of mid-20s to, to early early 20s. And there's a big emphasis on the academy system there. I think last night in the start, 11, six of the players had come through the academy, which is fantastic for any club, but for a club who's, just got promotion. Um, it shows an awful lot of um, trust that they have, and, and the manager has come through managing the under twenty three system as well, and, and he knows all those players. So they've worked with him for years, so everyone knows the roles, and it's so it's been pleasing on that side of it that you know I, I've been entrusted in helping bring those players along as well with little bits of information and wisdom we can pass on as the older players, and I think that was one of the reasons that. I was probably brought into the to the club, probably not necessarily brought into play every week, but brought into from my experience and and to help maybe get across the line. Mm. Um, but on the other side of that, I've learned a lot from them, and they've helped me get across the line as well. So it's it's just been a it's been a really really enjoyable season, like I said. And there's not one day that I've gone into training where I haven't enjoyed it or I haven't looked forward to it. Um, and I think that's testament to the environment around the place. And to the, to the staff and the, and the players, considering the, like the journey that I do every day. Oh, that's a great thing to be able to say. And you get to explain to the youngsters things like dial-up internet and uh, analog television and all that kind of stuff. So <laughs> well, you know, they, they funny, learn from you. Funny enough, we were in the, we were in the dressing room today, and Sky Sports News was on, and Jordan Klinsman was on it. And I think there was only three or four lads who knew who he was, and I'm sitting there with one of the lads looking at him going, "How did I not know who Jorgen Klinsmann is?" <laughs> so that was uh, that was an eye opener for so, me. So but, if, um, if you're a training yeah. someday and you score a goal, and then you do a dive and you shout Klinsmann, they're like, "What?" 
well, this is this was how the this the conversation progressed. It was like, do you, do you know who Jorgen Klinsmann is? No, never heard of him. Well, do you know what the die? You know the Klinsmann die? Oh yeah, 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 I remember that. Yeah, that's who it is. And, oh, <laughs> how old are you? Type thing. And this is, you know, this is the the problem. But it's it's funny. Like even yes, yes, uh, Monday in training, we were doing a, a shooting drill after, um, you know, one of the, the young lads. We were having a competition, and there was the two of us in there. Me and Sonny Cox is one of the younger players in the kind of last two of us. Um, and Sonny is half my age; he's seventeen, and I've I've turned thirty-four last week. So, um, the gaffer was just having a, a little chuckle to himself. The the opposite ends of the spectrum. One kind of beginning his journey in football, and 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 me not not finishing far from it, but. Mm. One that's at the other end of the, the the journey, but you know the competition between both of us, and you know how much he could help me and I could help him. You know because it's not just about the the experience the older players can pass on. Sometimes the younger players can can help the the older players with their beautiful exuberance, and and they can pass on little bits of wisdom. And then, like you said, they can keep me up to date with all the the things happening in in the world for for younger lads. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't feel as old. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, so I guess the the, the burning question uh, and a few games left uh, across the course of the season, but then summer's going to be here very soon. What happens next year, or do you know, or who decides, or how does a situation like this work? Um, I haven't got a clue. Lad, to be honest with you, I haven't even thought about it yet. Just because um, we still got two games left and we're joint top at, at the minute um, with results last night. We can we can still win the league, um, so that's the next day, and we've, we've we've got the 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 main aim of the season was to be promoted. So we've, we've achieved that. Now it's everything else is a bonus. But with the opportunity of the league title there, it's it's really really big for us um, if we can do that. But it, it's going to be tough because our last two fixtures and why this is why last night was such a big result for us. Our last two fixtures against the teams in third and fourth, just behind us. Um, so I suppose we owe it to the to those teams to give everything they can to keep the integrity of the, the league going instead of just going right we're, we're promoted let's go on the last for 10 days um, as much as we want to do that um, you know we, we still obviously can win the league so we enjoyed last night there was celebrations till very very early hours very probably morning <laughs> um, it was re- really really good and, but we were probably due to be off training tomorrow, but we're going to be back in now with the results last night. Um, so we, we're just looking forward to see what happens. And then when the season finishes, we'll, we'll sit down and have a conversation and see where we go. And the last one, like what an amazing thing to be able to say at 34, you've absolutely loved this year and you've had a great time. Is the body feeling good, Porg? Do you hope to be still playing football in two, three, four, five years and, and like involved as long as possible? Or where, where's your headspace on that front? Yeah, um, 100% body's feeling really, really good. I've been in touch wood. I've been um, very lucky throughout my career with injuries. Um, you know, and, and, and not a lot of people can say that. So um, I want to play for as long as possible. If my body is still, you know, every day. I don't wake up sore in the morning, which a lot of wow. people, you know, throughout their careers, I, I hear lads say it's a, it's a struggle getting out of bed in the morning. I train every day. Um I love it. Even if even if we're having a day off, I'd always go for a run. 
I always look after myself and I'd love to stay playing as long as possible, wherever that is, who knows. Mm. But um, you know, I want to want to keep keep playing for as long as possible. Yeah. Geez, you're lucky. I wake up sore every morning. Like, I mean, how are you not waking up sore? <laughs> and you're getting in a car for 180 miles. Yeah. Well, I woke up with a sore head this morning. That's pretty <laughs> the, the, the best one. That was that was allowed. Very good. Well, listen, congratulations because I know you've been uh, pushing at this for a couple of years, and it must be a great thing finally to have been part of a promotion-winning team, hopefully a league-winning team as well. And um, well, let's uh, check in over the summer when your future's decided. It'd be great to chat to you again, Park. Yeah, no, appreciate it. Thanks very much. Good man. Well done, Padraig Gammon there, who uh, with Exeter City promoted to League One last night and still in the hunt for uh, league as well. He did have the most extraordinary run of scoring mm-hmm. ridiculously uh, famous FA Cup goals for time. Man City, Spurs, Leicester, uh, Middlesbrough. So, um, nice Irish story. Yeah, I'll tell you who wouldn't approve of that commute is Steve Bruce. Did you see what, uh, what Bruce he was saying yeah. today about West Brom? He's still got the managerial job there next season, somehow, and says that players will have to move within an hour of the training ground now because the commute, it's too many people driving too far. And then he preempted the question. It was just like, now I know what you're going to ask me. Am I going to move? And he said, no. <laughs> because well, as a man, it's a different as a manager. When you sign a contract, you know you'll get sacked. <laughs> so That's true. It is, but also I don't think Bruce is asserting authority as, as well as he thinks he is here. Mm. You, know, you get into shape, you move here. I don't have to because I'll be gone soon. Yeah. I mean, it's not good for the body to be Wait, driving Bruce, two, three hours a day. He, he did make this point, it's Bruce, not, that yeah. it takes a little bit off the end of your career, he reckons. And also is bad for team spirit when you've got eight, nine, ten people yeah. driving all the way to West Brom. Remember Duffer had, yeah, oh, the source of his injury trouble was the car seat. Really? Turned out. He had to get the car seat changed in his. I mean, like, so I mean, if if Duffer's in the car now listening to this, I yeah. apologise if I, <laughs> I don't have this exactly right. But certainly, uh, whether it was like the primary cause of his issues, of his issues or not, certainly the car seat had to be taken out and a more. I don't know what. Uh, what's the word that we all we, we, your office? Oh, the lumber support. Yeah, but isn't there like a term for office? Um, Here. You're, you're, Someone texted it. You're, li- Someone you're texted losing me. I've got the word ergonomics in my head. Ergonomics. Is that is that right? Yes. Well done. Okay. The ergonomics situation. The ergonomical situation. Okay. Uh, I was car had to be changed, so I, I don't know. Uh, One eighty miles every day is plenty. Just do. Uh, Michael Owen is there in the BT studio. Get the helicopter, of course. Isn't <laughs> another option as well. Not sure for if Borg has bought the helicopter yet. Uh, by the way, on the back page of all the papers today, there are just photographs of Eric Ten Hag with a laptop. Mm. All, I mean, cartooned up, not actual photos. So apparently uh, Ten Hag is going to begin his overhaul of Manchester United by having one-on-one Zoom meetings with every single player over the next number of weeks. The revolutionary stuff. We're, we're at the phase of the managerial career where he gets praised for very mundane administrative <laughs> topics. Like, we remember Frank Lampard being praised for his WhatsApp group. <laughs> I mean, now that this has been flagged, though, if somebody with the technical knowledge doesn't hack these and put them up <laughs> a la the Shrewsbury Council meeting... <laughs> then I'm going to be very disappointed. How many of the United players do you think will turn around and say you've got no authority here? Because I assume, I assume most of them have already said it to all the managers they've worked with so far. It's incredible how toxic the whole thing has become. Yeah. It's extraordinary. It's interesting to see Fer- Ferguson was... Um, Orty got Ferguson for about 30 seconds at the at Punchstown today and he was asked about how do you think, yeah, how do you think Ten Hag will do? Mm. And he did say... Um, I hope he does well. They need someone to go in there and take control of it. Wow. So it's kind of inter- interesting. Obviously, Ferguson, That's obsessed a- with control. Yeah. There's an interesting line uh, for him. He could have, 
you know, we could have trotted out something more bland there, I think. Well, he must increasingly be getting frustrated as his uh, life's work has been picked apart year after year. Live on Sky, I mean, there's the Fergie cam now. You get to when they cut on high and look at his, his empire in ashes below him, you know, every time they lose to Liverpool yeah. or Man City. Or and like I've heard, um, you know, the cynics say, sure, he's delighted. He never looked better. But I do think increasingly he's a bit fed up with the whole thing. Do you think so? Ah, uh, you think? <laughs> you say, I've never looked better. I just think, you know, you appoint Moyes. I don't think you're not, <laughs> you're, you're that concerned with the, the continued success. No, that's, that, that's a very unfair thing of me to say. I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's very disappointed. The Penenka last night. It's very good. Like, a bit of a laser in his eye as well, beforehand. Yeah. Uh, although the Man City fan uh, with the laser didn't stick at it like the Senegal fans did to Mo Salah earlier on in the year. For a guy who had missed two penalties in the previous game, I think he's missed three of his last five or something. Mm. Uh, it was amazing. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, and, you know, he's just, he's on another plane at the moment, Benzema. I, I didn't think, uh, did I think he ever had these levels in him? No. And I certainly did th- didn't think he would be hitting them at this stage of his career. Mm. He, uh, He'll, he'll, he'll. I mean, he's probably a shoe in for the Ballon d'Or now. He's got the, he's got the Real Madrid lobby, obviously. Um, but even if they don't go on to win it from here, I think he's probably Lewandowski just banging the table as Benzema goes up to <laughs> accept it next year. Uh, I'm always, I'm just amazed that in that moment he would have risked the ire which would have rained down on him for missing a Penenka, for trying a Penenka and missing in those moments. Like if he, uh, you know, takes a very conventional run up mm. and bangs it towards the corner and keeper saves it. No one afterwards is calling him a disgrace. But if the Penenka goes harmlessly into Ederson's hands, mm. whew, that is where you do look at sports people of a certain ilk. And like where you put yourself in that situation for real and you just think, I'm not made of the same stuff there. Yeah, I'm the not m- risking that level the man of failure. In, the man in the arena, etc., etc. Like Pirlo had a theory that like the reason he Penenka Joe Hart was that it would actually inflict grave psychological damage. You know, it, it will be worth more than one yeah. penalty. You know, I'll break Joe Hart here. And there's about 10 years worth of evidence to suggest that he was right. Um, but I don't know. I don't I don't think Ederson will be too perturbed. No, it, but, but you know, it, was, it did. It fantastic. It, the nature of it did strike a very assured Real Madrid tone. Mm. Like, we are so calm in these waters. I think, I think it does. Ultimately, like, it, it is an outrageous penalty. I do think that like you say, I do think it affects the context of the game or the mood of the game or something. I do. You, you think we're stressed? <laughs> we're not, <laughs> not stressed. at all, you know. Shine, shine your lasers. Yeah. Uh, I'll be grand. I do, yeah, no, I genuinely do think that that, yeah. that that has an effect on the game as as a whole. I was saying to Mick earlier, if you imagine like the uh, absolute uh, shot of adrenaline he would have had in the seconds before the penalty, like the nervousness, and I think of Zidane's one just going in off under the crossbar. I'm amazed that no one has dinked it over and gone, oh, jeez, it just came, it flew off my boot there in the moment. I'm amazed no one's dinked one over. Because, because yeah, they usually under hit it. I mean, he, that was firmly hit. Like, I mean, there was a brief, there was a there brief was a period. Moment. I'm thinking, oh, God, that's gone. It was gone. crossbar height that for a moment. Gone. Yeah. Um, yeah, just. Zidane must have thought, oh! Yeah. Oh, thank God. <laughs> just, I'm determined to be remembered for something else in this final, other than yeah. other than my uh, my dodgy Penenka. Um, no, it was uh, what a moment, um, and it's just you know further proof that Benzema is just is the informed player in the world at the moment. Who goes through? So Man City uh, are winning. They're the better team. Uh, they're the better players. They'll have Cancelo back. Uh, so all rational thought yeah. says Manchester City. So I assume Real Madrid are going to go through. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, full time by the way, 2 0 to Liverpool. 
that's a very healthy lead to take it to Villarreal. I think we can be pretty sure that whoever does win that game will be playing Liverpool in the final. Yeah, I, I mean, like this is where it has to end for Real Madrid, I would think. They were absolutely destroyed. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I agree with you. And like if there's any, if this business of prediction and, and analysis is any credibility, we have to say Manchester City mm. because there's no real logical reason why those creaking limbs at Real Madrid like Fernandinho is young for Real Madrid I mean we yeah. think about a whippersnapper that. in that midfield <laughs> yeah. but I don't know there's something utterly mad and then there's the also the other intangible that we have to throw into it is what is Guardiola going to do he is he's got Leeds on Saturday and then he is what Saturday night Sunday Monday Tuesday afternoon. He said, "Wait until Wednesday." I said all the right things last night. What's he going to do? When he was like, "What have you learned?" or "What do you change?" and he said, "We'll do the same and we'll win four three again." You know, he was he was, and if if he can follow through in that, that because I would think he would look at the midfield situation and just think we utterly bossed them. Yeah. Now I don't know is Casemiro back, but generally Modric was hanging around Fernandinho, Valverde was on Silva, and Kroos was over in De Bruyne. And they couldn't get in near them. They oh, couldn't Kroos, control the game. Kroos looked so old. Yeah. Oh my word. So I would think, you know, I mean, balls in your court, Carlo. Yeah. And like, you know, and they are winning. That you do miss the away. I miss the away goals rule. This is the first time I've really missed it. Now I think that would add another little bit of jeopardy. Yeah. Uh, to a game that's already filled with it next week. Um, I, Miguel Delaney's a lovely friend like another tactical episode from, <laughs> from <laughs> Pep Guardiola we'll see what he does I mean just leave it well enough alone I still I do think that it'll be Man City and, and now Liverpool in that final to, uh, to kind of cap off this great rivalry yeah which would be quite something uh, Gav Cooney of the 42 thank you so much for coming in oh, cheers appreciate it